All right, folks, back on the Boss Man Show, friend of the show. Falcons beat running from the AJC. D-Lay no better here with me. D-Lay, how you doing, brother? Good to see you again, man. Hey, Boss Man, I'm doing great, man. Good to see you also. Thank you very much for having me on the show tonight. Anytime. Let me ask you, man, before you get started, how was it having your Howard Bison in town, man, for the Swap Me at Classic? Man, how fun was that for you and, and all the bros of you guys on the end of makers all over there, man? Yeah, we had a good time. We did the right thing. Went to the alumni function on Friday night to support the administration and the, and the football team. And uh, the Falcons actually played that day, so I didn't go over there right away. But uh, we were well represented. The game uh, had a rain delay, so by the time I got out of the Falcons game, the brothers in the in the uh, parking lot still tailgating. So I got to drop by on fellowship. Uh, the kids had it bad. They had to play to like 12 o'clock that night. But a uh, good time was had by all in Atlanta that weekend. Yeah, I left right after that last rain delay when John Grant came on the field. I said, I'm done. I can't stay for this rain delay. I got to go. <laughs> I had to get on the road that Sunday morning. So, yeah, man, a lot of rain delays that day. And, um, but it's good. As, I went out and saw your guys at the hotel, man. Uh, Kyle Pitts came out there and saw Coach Scott, man. So yeah. it's good to talk to Kyle right there with Kyle and Coach Scott out there at the hotel on that th Thursday night that they came down, man. It was really fun, man. Yeah, Kyle uh, spoke to the team that night, you know, gave them a talk about, you know, being mentally prepared to be great. You know, uh, Kyle is uh, was uh, the uh, Larry Scott was his position coach at Florida. So uh, Kyle actually follows the Bison. He knows when we win and he knows when the Gators win. Well, they didn't win this weekend. It was some overalls today, I saw. <laughs> yeah, he did. He, he, he liked did. that, did he? <laughs> he liked yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> Yes, indeed, man. Let me ask you, D-Lay, um, since we're going to Kyle Pitts, uh, you know, week two, I know y'all asked Arthur Smith about his usage, and he said with coming time, and this with Seattle, hey, Kyle was featured, and after the game, Arthur Smith gave him a big hug going to the tunnel, man. Talk about Arthur Smith's offense delayed and how Kyle can be used with Drake London now and Cordero and Zacchaeus, all those guys getting open for, the, for him and giving him some opportunities out there, brother. Yeah, no doubt. They wanted to see how um... – you know, the Saints would play them, you know, with their new safeties. And then uh, how the Rams would play them with uh, with uh, Jalen Ramsey. And, you know, Jalen spent some time on him or he was lurking around his zone a lot. Uh, so, you know, uh, they weren't going to force it to him. And then against Seattle, they did force it to him. I don't care what the coach said. They forced it on the first play of the game down the field, a uh, play that he hit in uh, the exhibition season at Detroit. You know, but it was up the left side. This time it was up the right. So he was open. The ball was overthrown. So, uh, yeah, they are. I'm, I'm going to look it up this week. Uh, I think Travis Kelsey gets at least 12, 10 or 12 targets a game. And so if the play caller is doing his job, that's about how many Kyle Pitts should get. But maybe 8 to 10 because the Falcons want to slow things down a little bit, keep their defense off the field and run the ball. So, his uh, productivity is going to be uh, affected by that. And I feel like if Art, as I call it, his Titans there, looks at Kelsey's film, and like look at Jimmy Graham's film and all these other Titans film that you know would have high-level usage, hey, use him in the slot. Use him in butt sets. You can get, get him a screen even. Like the dude is a freak of nature. He can run fast. So I feel like he's, he should give him the ball with easy those for Marcus so he won't make a mistake and get Kyle involved and get the defense on their heels. Yeah, no doubt about it. But uh, it's about complimentary football. And we got to recognize that 
they are playing with a $63 million salary cap deficit. So they're 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 not as stout as most of these teams. So when you go fast, what do you do? You get the defense back out there. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's not gonna hold up. So <laughs> excuse me. They only have 57 plays this week, and they only had 61 the week before that, because they play it slow. But you definitely are sound, boss man, and saying that they gonna move, they can move him around. They haven't done a lot of that yet, because you know it's a long season. You don't want everybody to see all your stuff in the first four games. So, you know, they, they holding some cards, you know, how you want to you play in spades, you know, you want to play that card just right and drop that oh, you know, drop that, that uh, big ace on them after you play a little joker, a big joker. You know, you want to hold them back till it's time to boom. All right. And win <laughs> a game down. with it. So uh, that's what he's doing right now. Now, I saw Cordero Paris has been career high, 17 carries, 141. You know, I think him coming to Atlanta is going to save his career. You know, he's a running back now. He can be a receiver still, kick off a turn guy. Swiss Army knife. He's play, he gives you more than one position with, with one guy. Talk about his impact on the team, delayed, and how him running the ball even better with this line, who's supposedly been kind of stout so far, is getting him holes, getting him out there, helping Marcus stop making too many mistakes out there. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Corderell, you know, he's a kick returner at heart. So once he gets the ball, you know, he's running to daylight. You know, he don't have no design runs where he's going to hit the corner and uh, take it upfield. You know, he did have the one power run against the Saints straight up the middle where he drug half the defense into the end zone, which was an awesome run on his part. But uh, he has a vision of a kick returner. The guys are getting their hats on people. Uh, and accounting for the right guys, and he's able to read those blocks and uh, get downfield for, you know, if it's seven, if it's seven, if it's eight, if it's eight. And, uh, you know, if you really mess it up and he gets out the back door for 40, you know, then then they really got it rolling. So that's what happened in Seattle last week. Well, I love about him is did he lay this? He can run that outside zone and get he, he, that cut back and be gone. Like he still you hit him, he still got some, some more juice to him still. He doesn't go down on the first hit. So I love that about Cordero with that big been a returner. He still gonna go forward, even though he got hit a little bit. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, but you know, people gonna be sitting there in that cutback hole in about another week or so when they get it on film. So <laughs> He, yeah, that, he's going to have to come out with a, a jump cut to go with that cutback, you know. So, uh, But they know what they're doing with him. Uh, they've uh, got more out of Corderell than any of his other coaches. Uh, not, you know, Minnesota, uh, Bilicek in New England, and, uh, you know, uh, some of the other places he stopped at before getting here, Chicago. Um, you know, they, they turned him into a, a full-time running back at 31. No doubt. We, we're juice lips. With juice left in the tank is what I say about Cordero. And you know what? I, I really love the line so far. I looked at PFF. They really they graded very well. So do you think the line will be as good as it has been so far? Not so much giving up too much right now. Do you see it, this see this happening so far? Back in uh, yeah, I, I um I didn't see this coming. Uh, you know, now the question is can they sustain it? Is it sustainable? Uh, because coach keeps pointing to these three games last year against Jacksonville and Tampa Bay and uh, whoever that, uh, uh, you know, maybe Buffalo uh, on the schedule last year. They didn't rock up a lot of yards, but he keeps pointing to them games like they did a great job. Uh, so some he saw in those games that led him to believe that, hey, this line can be better than the people think. And, you know, they put Dolman in there. Uh, Wilkerson's back. Uh, 
Kobe Gazette did a good job, so he's salvaging his career. Uh, and Jake and uh, uh, I saw Caleb McGarrett getting down the field, getting, getting after some cornerback on a sweep to the right. So, you know, that's horrifying if you're a cornerback. So even Caleb is doing his thing out there blocking. No doubt, no doubt. And But you delayed uh, – now, we've heard the fans want Ritter out there, but I feel like Marcus is doing a pretty good job to keep his job. And I feel like until well, the season gets out of hand, you won't see Ritter anytime soon. As long as Marcus keeps playing like he is right now, limited mistakes, because I feel like the interception before the half was on Coach Smith. Even yeah, that was that. Coach Smith. Yeah, that was on the, Coach Smith. The fumble, that's Marcus. The Saints they fumble as well, that's Marcus. But I feel like he's playing well with what he's given, and the offense is doing his thing now. I was concerned about why Edwards was down on Sunday. I don't say want to look at other guys, but okay. But, you know, he's doing a pretty good job. His the run pass option is free with Marcus Mariota. It makes you hold that linebacker in the box. So I feel like it's helping the running game, too, as well, and the line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think Edwards uh, was down because they wanted the tight ends uh, out there blocking. So, um, you know, Felipe Franks was one of the guys that blocked on the 40-yard run, you know. Uh, so he was in the game. So they had uh, Fisker up. Uh, Parker Hesse's doing the dirty work blocking. And uh, you got Franks and then Kyle Pitts. So of those four, um, only one of them going to be running routes. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> <laughs> and they might dump it off to Parker Hesse, but that's about it. Them other dudes are in there to block. No doubt, no doubt, man. And, you know, Drake London's, man, I do feel like Drake London is showing what he's about, D-Leg. I feel like he's proving he's an eighth pick, worth the eighth pick now. I feel like he's showing he's worth it now. I know he's not – I know he's uh, being injured early, early, early with his knee, but now he's starting to show some things and have defense eventually got to give that man some some double coverage and make, hopefully, over for Kyle Pitts and Zacchaeus on, on the back end there. Yeah, no doubt. He uh, – what I've been most impressed with is his uh, – awareness and his run after the catch, you know, uh, to run that route on, on the goal line against the Rams, a little um, broken arrow route, uh, you know, Marcus put it right on him. And then the uh, hot route where it's all zero, zero coverage on the five. And so he hits him at two and then he, he somehow gets into the end zone for a touchdown. You know, he was determined. Uh, and I'm sure he saw that from Patterson on some of his end zone runs last year on how he, you know, one guy ain't stopping him. You know, he getting to the end zone. So yeah, Drake is uh Drake has uh, been a good pickup thus far. No doubt, no doubt. And I do feel like this delay is like you know, the Falcons are playing with passion again. You know, for a while there, you know, we and I both know we come to the games. It's not passion; it's just lifeless. You know what I'm saying? I feel like just let's get some passion on this team again. Three games they played hard. They could have beat the Saints honestly. The Rams they played the Rams tough too and got the win against Seattle. So think about how the guys are really playing with passion, playing well in the, in the, the Falcons in every game right now and playing hard, hard as can be right now. Yeah, and I started with uh, the coaching uh, not accepting the situation. He, uh, uh, you know, not accepting the fact that they a lot of people were picking them to win two games, so they're halfway there now. Uh, and the fact that they did have a salary cap situation, did get rid of Matt, Matt Ryan. Uh, you know, a lot of got rid of um, Falk, Dante Fowler. They got rid of a lot of people in here. So the people here that are here, he they are his guys. So you know, they're gonna play for him. And that's what we're seeing out there. These guys, and they broke Grady off. That locker room likes to see people get broke off. And uh, they broke off Jake Matthews. So, you know, that, there's a method to that. When you pay people when you don't have to, 
the locker room sees if you do hard work, come out and follow the game plans, you know, there may be some some financial benefits for you down the road also. No doubt, no doubt. And I, what I'm seeing is this, man, like, you know, of course we know Matt Ryan's cap number is 40.9 dead cap. So Terry Fontenot is pretty much, this is a, to me, it's a free year. I don't, I don't want to say it. To me, it's a free year. Next year is the year you really got to do some things. With the capitalists you have, get off Matt Ryan's money. And, you know, so I feel like any guy that's roster right now who wants to be here beyond this year, you have an open tryout this year to prove yourself to Arthur Smith, Arthur Blank, Mitch McKay, and Terry Fontenot. Yeah, you know, Rashad Evans, one-year deal. Lorenzo Carter, one-year deal. Uh, you know, um, uh, Mariota, two-year deal. That's really a one-year deal. So, you know, you're going to play uh, to your best of your ability, try to get some of that, uh, um, I think it's 130-something-plus million in cap space that comes available. So, uh, you know, you, you got the first shot at it being from here. You know, they could take care of the people in October and then go to free agency and find some – some, you know, uh, type A guys that could fit into the locker room and help them turn, turn it around. No doubt. Talk about the defense with Greg and Jarrett. I said, you know, up the field again. Reminds me when he was going to do Dan Quinn when he, he was here. He's up the field, rushing the passer. You know, I feel like he's got that some more. He got his edge again for Brady and Jarrett. Talk about his play so far, leading that defense, defense with Dean Pease right now. It's been in, but not breaking, of course. Yeah, yeah, Grady's uh, been up, getting up the field there. 2.5s, getting a lot of help from Tyquan Graham. Uh, they're moving him around a little bit, getting some matchups, and uh, he'll be going against some pro bowlers this week. So, uh, you know, Grady's the leader out there. And so he's trying to lead by example. You know, that third down sack against the uh, Seahawks, that was big time right there. That was big time. He did his move to get free on third down. It was third and 18, uh, or fourth and 18. It was third and eight. So so that was that's the down you need in, down in distance. Well, your pass rush guys need to get home, and he got home. That was a big one for the Atlanta Falcons. Now, how do you feel about DP defense for us? You know, all different looks he shows, uh, pre-snap. Uh, he's tra- he, really, he doesn't care about the yards, per se. As long as you don't score a touchdown. He doesn't really care about this. about his philosophy of defense, uh, showing different things, blitzing, Isaac blitzes, and also just pretty much not letting things get over your head, trying to get a field goal, not a touchdown there. Yeah, well, you know, um, it, it's working to some degree. But at some point, you got to shut people down, whether you let them get to the red zone or not. Uh, you know, you got to take the ball off focus. You know, PJ uh, AJ Terrell had some really nice pass breakups. I want to see him turn his other hand in there and make that a pick. So, um, you know, those are some of the things where, uh, you know, all the alignments, they opened in a 4-2, they went to a 3-4, then they ended up going to a 4-3 over. You know, so as long as the guys know what they're doing when they keep switching up like that, you know, that keeps the offense off balance. You know, he's trying to confuse Gino. You know, if he didn't know if they were coming or dropping back. And, uh, you know, at the end, they were coming. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. And this week is the Browns. Smitty Lee is pretty much this, man, a battle of the trenches. Who can run the ball the best between the Browns and the Falcons? I don't think we'll I don't see an air show between Brissett and Mario this weekend at the Benz. It's going to be a, a bit old smash mouth running game, I think. Yeah, no doubt. Chubb leads the league with 341 yards rushing, and Corderell is second with 301. Uh, Saquon Barkley's, uh, uh, no, CP is third. Saquon Barkley is second with 317. So, yeah, the Browns and the, the um, Falcons, what do they want to do? They want to run the ball. Marcus Mariota's not dropping back, throwing it 40 times. He threw t- 20 passes last week, 13 for 20. And, um, you know, they like to do that. 
keep the, keep the clock going. They're one of the top teams in the league with uh, time of possession through three games, and that's in part to keep that defense fresh. So uh, Falcons, we worried about what their identity was going to be uh, post Matt Ryan, and now that identity is starting to take shape. Belinda, you worried about maybe the solid count this week would have been the Browns in town because you knew and I both know sometimes if the Benz, it can be more fans other than the Falcon fans causing some issues with snap counts. Are they practicing this week solid count just in case? Uh, I haven't heard that. I haven't seen. We get we we get the first thirty minutes of practice, so I haven't seen it. We got a little bit more when we was out in Seattle, so I knew about that four three over. But um, uh, yeah, uh, I know the Cleveland people are coming. I know uh, attorney uh, uh, Bobby Rockmore from Houston's coming. She's a Browns fan. And uh, I'm pretty sure my homeboy from uh, Charlotte, he coming down. So I'm pretty sure the Browns fans this close. Uh, tickets are not sky high. Yeah, it'll be some people in the, trying to make it to Dog Pound South on Sunday. No doubt. Be led, man. Good to catch up with you, my brother. We'll see you real soon, my guy. And best of luck to you. Love the podcast, man. But give a chat about your podcast before you go, brother. Yeah, thank you a lot. We, uh, Boss Man, it, the podcast is called the Bowtie Chronicles Podcast. It uh, comes on AJC.com. You can get it on Spotify, Apple, and wherever you get your podcast. The Bowtie Chronicles, everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. 354 episodes so far, man. You're doing a great job, man. I love it every week, man. You, I love this to you every week. I love, I'll get my pack loose for you, brother. Nobody else but you, man. I get it from you always, my guy. You got the real deal always. Well, I appreciate that, boss, man, always uh, showing me love. I appreciate that, and I'm glad you had me on your show today, and I uh, look forward to seeing you in person again. Yes, sir. You be safe, brother. All right. Peace. See you.